Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And we are here with a sort of a two-part thing from last time. We yes. talked about the acronym COLE last time of being curious, open, accepting, and loving as a way to enhance your own relationship with yourself, your relationship with others. And we got really excited about talking about this concept of love and what is love and the fact that we all learned what love is from imperfect people who learned it from imperfect people who had no idea what they were doing. We think that this is sort of this natural automatic thing that we do because we have a feeling in our heart. And we've heard it our entire lives, have we not? The best thing you need to be loving, love one another, love, 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 love. Just love someone. God is love and... And And so we assume, well, I'm good at it because I've heard I need to do it my whole life. So I must be good at it. And I have a little feeling in my heart. So (laughs) there we go. There we go. And we're saying most of us, if not all of us at times, are not very good at loving. Right. So we want to talk about... What is love? What is love? One of my favorite songs in high school. (laughs) What is love? (laughs) When I thought I was broken up with my wife, driving around sobbing to what is love. These are good memories. Okay. (laughs) A little bit about me. (laughs) Not not exactly a crying song. I know. (laughs) So we're going to talk about what is love. What, and then what does that look like? So as we're thinking about, oh man, maybe I'm not as great at loving as I think, or we're open, we're curious and open to this possibility of that maybe I'm not, then it's like, then what? Well, what do we what do, do, do with yeah. that? What? So if I'm not, then what do I need to shift? What do I need to change? What does that look like? So awesome. let's start with what is love? Give us the... What is love? One of the, <laughs> one of the most important books I have ever read, talk about a shout out, is The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck. Just brilliant. And he defined love as the will to extend oneself for one's own or another's spiritual growth. Yeah. So let me read that one more time because it's a little... Complicated. Don't, you know, don't cut yourself short there. You just, you had that memorized. You didn't read it. <laughs> I did have it memorized, but it, it's, it's a complicated. So love is the will to extend oneself for one's own or another's spiritual growth. Notice it's not some other kind of growth, but spiritual. And I yeah. love this idea of extending because it is not easy Real love is not easy. Real mm-hmm. love is sacrifice. You think of, you know, familiar phrases like uh, maybe we've been taught to love your enemy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's easy to love someone who is good to you, 
Well, sometimes, right? Sometimes we're not even good at that. Sometimes we're not good at that. <laughs> That's more transactional. It's not mm-hmm. even love. It's just like a transactional arrangement. Right. Well, love. If I do great things for you. You do great things for me. And and that works out. Like yes. Business <laughs> but again, but real love is love. not like that. Real love is love for the sake of love. Mm-hmm. And I want you, as you listen here, to really think about your life and how you can become more loving or extend yourself, perhaps, it's work. for your own spiritual growth or someone else's spiritual growth. That it's, that's really deep. It and is. I feel and like it can mean a lot of different things. It's going to require a lot of unpacking. And yeah, it can mean a lot of different things. But, you know, when we think about, you know, a large movement right now is we just need to love people. We just need to love people. God is love. We need to be like God. Love more. So considering who God is, considering what God is and how he loves is I think important as we, as we look at this and it absolutely fits that definition. When you look at charity as that pure love of Christ, right? And I think it really fits with this definition that everything that he does, he and she and whatever it is that you conceptualize God is for that spiritual benefit and growth of your of of everyone around him, right? So and the idea, so, right, is what's best for them. So for example, I like this example. If I have a child that shoplifts and they call me from jail and say, Hey dad, come bail me out, do I bail them out or not? Well they're gonna be upset with me if I don't. So if I'm insecure and I need their love and approval all the time, I'm going to come bail them out. But is that best for their growth? Is it best for their spiritual growth if I come bail them out? Or Mm -hmm. is it better for them to face the consequences? Certainly at this level versus much later on if it's worse. And John Lund talks a lot about this principle, which I love. Shout out to John Lund as well. So what's best for my children's spiritual growth or for my spiritual growth? And it's not going to be the easy thing most of the time. It's just not. So what's best for someone may not even be something they recognize as best for them. And again, like with children, we don't want to spoil our children and give them everything they want because we know that's not best for their spiritual growth. So that's a balance to really think about Mm -hmm. as we're moving forward here and talking about love is... Are you, because I, I just feel like this is such a huge thing. When we talk about love, we talk about, oh, if you're loving other people, you're serving, you're giving, you're doing all of these things, and you, you don't even think about yourself. You, you know, put yourself on that back burner. And we hear that. We hear that in, we hear that in talks that people give. We hear that in, it just, it's this kind of concept that we're so, someone who is so loving is someone who puts everyone else first at the complete and utter expense of themselves. And that's not real love. It's, it's trans, it ends up being transactional, right? Or some type of manipulation of the situation right. in yourselves in order to kind of find that meaning, right? You're outside of yourself trying to get what you need and trying to love, have some semblance of love. It's often, I think, a result of our own insecurity, and we tend to be pleasers. 
mm-hmm. where I feel better about myself. I feel more worth or more value if I can make other people happy around me. And yes. this is why it's so hard sometimes to say no. Yes. And you might reframe that in a positive way and say, no, I'm just so nice. And I would say, no, you're so afraid. You're so insecure. Not yes. that every time you help somebody, that's why. But <laughs> exactly. if but we don't hold good boundaries, if, if we can't say no, mm-hmm. if we're always extending, overextending ourselves at the neglect of the people around us, that's not love. That's our need to feel better that mm-hmm. we're valuable, that yeah. we're important, because look what I'm doing. Yes. Or if someone else is, another way we do it is someone else is upset or whatever, we're trying to create some stability for ourselves. We don't want right. to feel distress ourselves. So if I right. can make them feel better, then I'm going to feel better. And you can see how, like, that's manipulative, right? <laughs> we don't want to be manipulative. No, you're not bad. You're not bad. Time, we right? all do it. It's you know? okay. Okay, so there's these ways that we will try to get love or give love that we're negating ourselves or you know we can do that in the opposite way where we're negating uh, what other people need or loving other people in order to try to love ourselves better or at least to feel better about ourselves yeah to feel better about ourselves so i need to do all this at the expense of you or I need to do all of you out there and fixing all of that at the expense of me. And you can hear the transaction. I mean, that's a transactional word, at the expense of, right? Yeah. But again, we do that. We try to get in and fix other, what's going on outside of us, what's going on for them, make them feel better. We want everybody to be happy. And then that makes us feel good. And I think that really lends itself to this question that we were discussing before the podcast of... How do you change someone? <laughs> Ooh, this is fun. And hopefully that wrinkles you just a little bit when you hear that. How I do hope. How do I change someone? Ooh, ooh, you're going to, you want to change? You know, hopefully you're feeling that just a little bit. But, but let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. It's an interesting concept. We do it more than we know we're doing it. Oh, yeah. Because I don't think we really wake up and say, okay, who am I going to change today? Yeah. How am I going to or change fix. that person today? Or whatever. So... But think about what's the la- when's the last time that you thought, oh, how do I get them to do this? You know, I mean, and maybe we're not, maybe that's not maybe as much with an adult, but maybe it's with, a, you know, one of your kids, like, oh, I'm going to teach her. How am I going to get them to? We do it a lot. <laughs> we really well, we do, do it a lot with our spouse, do we not? So we're always mm-hmm. wanting our children to be this or to be different in certain ways. We want our spouse to act differently, to... To yeah. be more Us. something else. Your employees, your friends, your right. the neighbor that, you know, his tree grows over and drops all its leaves <laughs> on your yard, you know, whatever it is. Like the so how do you outside. How do you, you change someone? This is a good question. I want you to think about Ooh. this. How do you change someone else? Well, now you're probably really thinking hard to hear that question, I just like, yeah, you know. But yeah, think about it. You're probably thinking what a lot of people do, which is Let's see if I'm right. You're listening to this. We'll see if I got it. I'm interested. You don't. You don't change somebody. Mm-hmm. To which I would say, you're right. You're right. It's like a caveat. You can't dot, dot, force dot. someone. You can't coerce someone or compel them to genuine, lasting change. Even though, generally, even speaking, though we try, we're trying all the time or regularly, right? Hopefully, that right. goes down in your life. <laughs> yep. However, this is my caveat, however, 
we can invite them to change in ways that are effective. So Mm -hmm. for me personally, things are not black and white, good and bad, right and wrong. Mm -hmm. Again, I've said this before. Everything for me is more or less effective. And we can effectively help someone to change themselves, but it's through love. It is not through some other way. So think about God for a minute. He has a plan for changing us in a sense, even Mm -hmm. though we have agency and we can do whatever the heck we want to do. Well, Mm -hmm. he still has a plan for changing us. It's called unconditional love. Yeah. And if you believe that we can't resist God's unconditional love and acceptance forever, (laughs) guess what's going to happen? We're going to change, but we will choose into it. Because love feels good. I want to feel unconditional love and acceptance. I want to belong. I want affection. Mm -hmm. I want appreciation. These are good things. So that unconditional part, there are zero strings attached. Unconditional. It feels completely different. Whenever you want, you can come back whenever you want. You get to decide. That other person gets to decide. So as you're expressing and giving that unconditional love, it is not to change them because the second you do that you have started into that manipulative space yep right? which is which is an interesting balance isn't it it is it is but it's it's critical right it's yep that is the difference it's being able to offer that and you know to the extent that that someone could walk in or out of that and it wouldn't matter for you i mean of course you want people to be in that space of being able to feel that love and being able to connect with them but if they make a different choice they get to and that's okay i I have a lot of clients that will say well so what if i just love him he'll change well what if i love him and he doesn't change i say well hopefully you're loving him because you choose to be a loving person and it is completely independent of whatever he chooses to do. And that's, mm-hmm. that's our superpower is in any given moment, I can choose to be a loving person. And I believe you will never regret that. That will right. never be wasted time. It will never be lost. If you're right. choosing to be a loving person, you win every time. Yeah. Now, if you think, okay, by me being loving, he needs to A, B, C. Again, now that's not love. Now we've gotten into transactional. Mm-hmm. That's not unconditional. And he'll yeah. know the difference or she. Yes. And that's what we're trying to do is to become that more loving person where we have more influence on the people around us because it's genuine love. And they will choose light and love and mm-hmm. feelings of importance mm-hmm. and connection and acceptance over the other over the opposite. Yeah. I think one of the, if you're in betrayal trauma, I know, you know, all my clients, this feels a little scary, right? It's like, Definitely. Oh, I'm just, so now I just have to let him do whatever or I have to let her do whatever. Right. And just, and again, remember, we go back to that balance where you don't, where love isn't love if it's at the expense of yourself. Right. So what do we so. do exactly? Because this is tough. This is hard. Here's, here's some ideas. 
Who's my recommendation? Yeah. Yeah. Because it it has to hit the road at some point and be Mm -hmm. applicable. So here's what I say. If you are showing up in love, if you are choosing to be a loving person, this is what it looks like. There will be times where you absolutely walk away from a conversation or take time and space. That's loving. Now you might think, well, the loving thing would be to just always be expressing Cash my love or get in there being so tender out. or affectionate. Mm-hmm. No, if I walk in the front door after work and I'm tired and worn out and I'm stepping over my kids' shoes and backpacks and books and they're on the floor and it's loud and maybe, you this know, I've got happens. sensory issues. This is, I don't I have no idea. <laughs> I'm pretending. And the house is a wreck. If I am going to engage, it would be in an unloving way. And I would start saying, hey, why are your shoes out? I've told you to put your backpack away. What are you guys doing? Whose is this on the table? You finish your bowl and you just leave it there? Like yes. there's, And it's <laughs> like never, half ever full said of food. Every day. No. And I tell them to put it away and they head over to the sink. And I say, you need to throw the food away before you put it in the sink. <laughs> I'm terrible to live with. The most loving thing I could do is to come in the front door, see all of this, and turn, <laughs> turn right around and walk <laughs> out. And take a walk and go for a drive, whatever it takes. So time and space is a very loving thing to do. It really is. So that's... Or just stand on the front porch and breathe. (laughs) Sit on the front porch, deep breaths, cry it out. That's one way. Another way that I, I often will recommend is you need to communicate how you feel, but there's a way to communicate how you feel that's loving because there is contention, there is disagreements, there is mm-hmm. frustration, stuff happens. This doesn't mean that life is, is gonna be amazing because you're choosing to be more loving. But when something's off in a relationship, it's really, really simple. You say simply, that hurt my feelings. And you don't say another word, you're done. Right there with that. And that is the best invitation for your spouse to do something with it or not. And again, guess what? They have their agency and they can choose to follow up and be like, okay, well, what hurts your feelings? What, what, what's going on? Yeah. Or not. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, or they say something like, well, you deserve to have your feelings hurt. Anything <laughs> else, guess what? You're done. Your job is to let them know where you're at. That's your job, is to clearly communicate where you're at. Not in a mean, negative like you're starting a fight kind of a way if you can if you can help it <laughs> but to communicate how you feel yeah. and you're done and the loving thing in that situation again would be to take time and space as needed so yeah. there are ways to do what needs to be done that's a lot more loving than we're used to absolutely absolutely and again remembering from when we've talked about this i think in empathy skills and things like that when you're taking that time and space it's not checking out it's not like, okay, I'm out, you know. Well, you're just, uh, it's not playing any the, of those games. I'm going to the, you know, I'm going to the bar for the rest of the evening. See ya, right? It's it's taking time, taking time and space is to take time to ground, center, get yourself in this space that you can re-enter in love. And so, love, yes. Yes, re-enter in love. So if you need to go you know, lock the door of the bathroom and just, you know, breathe for two or three minutes and just say, okay, how do I re-enter this in love? That should be the underlying question that you are taking with you. It's not just like, Ugh, you know, slam the door, go for a drive. You know, now I'm, you know, sit on Netflix for an hour and then show back up, 
right? Are you going to show, are you going to walk in that door in love? Probably not. You know, you haven't done anything to extend yourself and for your own spiritual progression, right? Or theirs. Or theirs. Right. That time and space is to say, okay, okay, what do I need to be able to step back into that space and re-engage in love, right? Because the last thing we want to do, you know, so I'm thinking in my head as you're giving this example, I'm thinking, okay, and then the, you know, the spouse that watched you just walk in the door, and turn around and walk back out for, you know, three hours or whatever. You know, they've just sort of been abandoned in that space, right? You know, that can can feel like that, right? So remembering. And three then, hours it would. Yes. and the, But, <laughs> right, if we don't put those parameters on it, okay, what do you need to do to re-engage in love? How do you do that? And are you taking that time? And again, this goes back, all of this goes back to our dailies episode, Go back to that because that dailies, those are your ways that you love yourself right. and show up for yourself. So what do you need to do to re-engage? It shouldn't be three hours. It shouldn't really be one hour. It, right? sh- it, it s- shouldn't be more than 10 minutes, yeah. if you ask me. Yeah, Especially exactly. if you're practicing breathing deeply, mm-hmm. <clears throat> doing your affirmations. This does not take mm-hmm. a long time because yes. you already are committed to becoming a more loving person. If mm-hmm. you are not loving... If you don't leave a positive influence on the world around you, on the people that you love, you're essentially all alone. Yes. And that's not a very good thing. That doesn't have anything to do with your worth. You're not able to show up. You're not able to connect. You're not able to do all of these things that, these things are the essential things that create meaning and joy and peace in life, right? So, yes, you want to make sure you're doing all those things. You want to make sure that you're being loving. So, Take your 10 minute, maybe 15 time and space, but also make sure we talked about that. David said that second piece is that communication piece. You know, you turn around, you walk out that door, you, you know, text your spouse. Sorry, give me 15 minutes. I need to be able to come back in, in a loving space, right? I need to re-engage in a loving way. Right. Or to your kids, and they're like, "What? Whoa, whoa, whoa!" You know, you just walked in the door, and you just turn around and walk back out. Just give me just a minute. I need to be able to engage in the way that I'm choosing to, right? And this is so much of our lives we just kind of run on in the background. We're just kind of running on autopilot and change your life by doing something different. Or how do? How is your phrase that you say it? So, if you don't change your lifestyle, you don't change your life. Yes. So as you go back, you have to be deliberate. Like this is intentional, right? So be intentional. Take that intentional time to show up the way that you've decided you want to show up in that loving way. So you take that, you take that 10 minutes, you breathe, you decide what do I need to do to, to show up in that way? Because especially with kids, that gets really challenging as you have responsibility to help them and guide them and all of that. And so that looks a little different, but same thing with spouse. Right. And, and you think about it, if they haven't, if they've heard this all before, how you feel about certain things. Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to do is invite them to make important changes that will benefit them and the relationship. And so take a different approach. Try a different approach. Mm-hmm. One where it's it's different than maybe they're used to. And I'm 
toward the end of this going to issue a challenge for you. Yay! So <laughs> how does love show up? How does it not show up? Your job is to be loving no matter what. Mm-hmm. But that looks like taking care of you as well. That's the time and space. But always clearly communicate because they can't read your mind. Mm-hmm. And if they're not meeting your needs, but you're not sharing where you're at or how you feel, mm-hmm. they probably aren't going to meet your needs. And so it's your job to keep it simple and express if they're doing something that hurts. But mm-hmm. leaving it at that can be really hard if we're used to defending ourselves and getting angry. And, you mm-hmm. know, this is going to be, it's going to take a lot of practice. Yeah. Dumping but, all the emotions, just putting it all out there. Yeah. But Love Does, book by Bob Goff, really good. Love does. Love isn't just saying, love is doing. Yes. So what does that look like? Let's give you a few examples, which we already have, right? You walk in that door, you take that break, right? What about with a child that's yelling at you, right? I've got one of my kiddos is high-functioning autistic. And so she gets flooded emotionally very quickly. She lives at a much higher level of stress and anxiousness and whatever than the rest of us do. And so she has a lot less room to breathe. And so what does that look like, you know, as I engage with her, right? And this is, this is taking, you know, many years to fine tune and to hone and whatever, you know, when she, it's time to do homework or it's time to engage in some way that isn't her in her room on her own, which is the easy thing when she doesn't understand social context or what people are going to expect of her or whatever. It's just easier to be by herself, right? And so when we engage, there's many times that she explodes with that, Mm -hmm. you know, autistic from the autistic space. And It's taken time to learn how to separate myself from that. Like, this has nothing to do with me, right? This is her her space. This has nothing to do with me. There's no point at which I have to change her in order to, like, fix how I'm feeling or doing. I don't have to take any of that personally at all. That explosion doesn't have anything to do with me. And so when she has that, I can get at her level and, and touch is not good for her. Right. So normally with a kiddo, I, you know, really touch them and try to be close and that doesn't work for her. So I need to respect what is and what works for her, but getting down on that eye level and being able to say, okay, you know, what, what do you need? What do you need? How can I help you? And let's give you a moment to just be by yourself or to be able to calm down or to be able to, you know, whatever this isn't, it's not about me. Mm -hmm. And to the point where now I can, you know, have her in full melt autistic meltdown mode as kind of what it's called. And, and she can yell at me for, you know, a good several minutes, just scream at, at me and it doesn't bother me anymore. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what, what do you need? How can we help you? And how can you know that I love you? I so like there's it. 
There's one example. Okay. And, and that's kind of a, a sensitive, special situation for sure. I think with mm -hmm. children in general, <clears throat> Gary Landreth has done a lot with play therapy and he has a really yes. cool ACT model of limit setting where you acknowledge the feeling, you communicate the limit, you target the alternative. And there's some really cool things that we can do like that with kids and honestly with adults even too. Very right? loving though. <laughs> So acknowledging the feeling, yes. I can tell you're angry, you're feeling this way, we communicate the limit. You may not yell at me, you may not punch your sister. Yes. If it's our spouse, <laughs> you may not talk to me this way, you may not treat yeah. me this, may, this way. And then we target the alternative. And that helps them to make a different decision because it's not just you can't. Mm -hmm. It's you can run around mm -hmm. the house outside, you can go upstairs and scream into your pillow, you can draw, you can color, you can, if it's your spouse, uh, you can go for a walk if you need to, or I'll go for a walk, or you, you wanna present alternatives because it's a lot easier to de-escalate a situation yeah. with alternatives than yes. just to put it on them. Hey, stop what you're yes. doing. It's like, yes. so all of this is showing up in love. Right, yes, and even what you're just saying these communicating the alternatives, giving, putting the limits on that, you know, those limits, boundaries, you know, however it is that you're going to talk about that, that is loving both is. to them because it helps them in their spiritual progression, but it also is loving to you because I'm not going to do something to help you feel better at my own expense. You know, you're, you're having a, you know, you're screaming, you're whatever, like obviously, you know, in certain circumstances, if you have, you know, a, a child that has some of those disabilities or whatever, that that's different. But how do you, how do you allow them to be and to grow and to choose while not doing that at your own expense? Mm -hmm. And so there's that, there's that balance piece. So maybe with a spouse that is you know, getting really upset with you, angry, yelling or whatever. And they're saying, well, you just never listen to me. You just never let me give you feedback or different things like that. One of the phrases that I will offer to clients is I'm willing to accept your input when you can deliver it respectfully to me. Like when you can maybe take a chance to take some time and space, like I'm open to that. I'm not shutting myself off to that. Remember the call from last time being open to other things, but it isn't okay for you to deliver it in this way. Like I deserve to be treated with respect. And, and you can choose to deliver it in that way. Mm -hmm. It's just less effective and I'm not going to engage. Yeah. And so if you want me to understand you, which is what this anger is, it's a bid for connection. Yes. If you want me to understand you, there's a way that will help me to understand you a lot better. And this yes. anger, this reacting, this confronting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose, hopefully, far better to choose out, opt yes. out of the cycle than to try to engage and match their level of intensity and yes. off you go. Or opposite their intensity and allow just them to go, go, go. And you just take whatever it is because for some reason you feel like you deserve to have that happen to you maybe, or that that's the loving thing to do is to let someone dump all of that on you or, right. you know, all of those things. Again, that we're finding that balance, that balance between 
yourself and what you need and being able to meet other people or helping to explain and connect and be open and all of that. Yep. Yes. Hopefully this gives you some ideas for how to choose to be more loving, how to extend yourself mm-hmm. for your own or another's spiritual there's a million growth. ways to do this. There are. Right? <laughs> get so, creative, certainly. Trying to trying to give put out a few little feelers here and there like these are some options but really you need to go inside yourself and you know think about that and every situation is going to be different every situation is going to be different we get in the challenge so here's the challenge this is not my challenge it it actually i first heard it from john lund and i love it but here's the challenge this is what i'm going to ask you to do for the next 30 days that's right 30 days (laughs) if you don't do this if you accept the challenge if you don't accept it then you're fine but if you accept the challenge and you don't do it or something happens just restart it let me explain for the next 30 days i want you to take all of your frustrations to your higher power or an empty chair which is fine either one imagine you're sitting or you're pacing your room and your higher power is in this chair or it's simply an empty chair, but you're going to take all your frustrations to this, all of them. I don't care if it takes you 10, 20, 30 minutes, an hour, doesn't matter. And you're huffing and puffing and sweating by the time you're done. (laughs) Then you're going to take a deep breath. You're going to walk out that bedroom door or out of the car or wherever. And you're only going to take your love, no criticism, no judgment. I promise you, they've heard it before. They already know how you feel about just about everything. Okay? (laughs) So only your love to them. If you find yourself being critical or negative, you start over. That's it. I want you to do this challenge for one month and see the difference that it makes in the relationships around you. Remember, and I really do believe this, The things that are important to you that either they're doing or saying or how they should be, they already know. That's not the problem. Mm -hmm. What they need is more love and acceptance. And either love wins and it works or it doesn't. It's like we're putting it to the test. So that is the one-month challenge. So this is, you can take those frustrations to that chair or to God anytime you need to. And it's I'm not telling like you right now, once, no, like, definitely not <laughs> at once. At the beginning of that month or a day or whatever. And I'm telling you right now, if you don't take your frustrations to the chair or to your higher power, you won't be able to pull off the loving part. Right. You won't because they have to go somewhere. And so it's not enough to say, oh, I'm going to try to be more oh, loving this. and to be less critical. <laughs> yeah. No, if those don't go somewhere, you mm-hmm. won't be able to do this. Yeah. And again, remembering... There's a balance, right? So this doesn't mean, okay, I've taken out my frustrations and, you know, my spouse is cheating on me and all these things, you know, whatever. Like, I'm just going to take that to my higher power and then I'm going to go through my day and let everyone around me walk on me and da-da-da-da because I'm being more loving. No, right? We have to have that balance. The balance is, right, you will communicate when something is not okay, Mm -hmm. and that's it. Yeah. Because they already know. 
You don't and have to, again, it's the, it's the criticism, it's right. the, you know, why aren't you, it's Anything the and everything anger, that's unloving, it's the, yeah. you're letting go. Mm-hmm. But it is okay to express your needs. It is mm-hmm. okay to help encourage, you know, encourage your kids. It doesn't mean your house is not going to be a complete disaster because nobody's <laughs> going to do their chores for a month because you love them right. so much. No, it doesn't mean you can't ask for things or expect things. Mm-hmm. No. So you keep doing those things. You're just going to really focus on how you're showing up for your yes. family. Yes. Because there was a way for me to ask my child to put their food in the garbage before they put their si- their dish in the sink. Mm-hmm. That's loving and a way for me to ask that's not. Yes. So. Yes. So make sure that you're being aware of that. And hopefully as you're doing that challenge, as you are showing up in that space of love, that you're again also doing that for yourself. Am I showing up in a space of love for myself? And what does that look like as well? So use the coal approach a lot from the last episode. Very important. Step into that space. Yes. Excited. Well, thank you for joining us in this episode. Mm -hmm. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.